Pastor Levi, kids have been through a whole lot with the pandemic, maybe not being able to go to school or play with friends. How concerned are you about children's mental health well-being right now? I am gravely concerned about my own mental health and especially kids too. You know, this last couple of years has been tough, uh, but all of life is hard. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I, I know for a, for a fact that kids read their parents and all of us seem to be on edge. I've, I've noticed just an, uh, just an edginess, just people in traffic honking, people just kind of, and I think that's because we're all kind of feeling the sense of, man, there's stuff globally going on, this disease, this, you know, political fighting. And so I think, I think kids definitely pick up on that. So this would be a particularly good time perhaps to uh, talk to our children about God. Absolutely. I think if we can help them to see that even in the midst of the most crazy times, you know, we have help, we have strength from God, then we're, we're setting them up for success and we can model that for them too. And something, of course, that will help with that is your new book called Roar Like a Lion, which features devotionals to share. Give us an overview of what, what's in the book, what's in there. Yeah, so I wrote this uh, book, Richard, to, to help kids learn, learn that faith is not, you know, I like, I like how it's been said, faith is not a stretcher, faith is a whole hospital. And I think that God, through faith, can help us to be courageous. The book of Proverbs says that the righteous man is as bold as a lion. And I think uh, there's a reason we all kind of refer to the lion as the king of the, the beasts. And Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And as we follow him, we shouldn't have to be afraid. We shouldn't have to be kowtowing to our feelings. We could be triumphant. And I think we can teach our kids that that with God's power in us, um, no matter what life throws at us, no matter how hard life gets, that we can be courageous. What was on your heart? Why did you actually write this? Well, I started working on it um, because my wife and I, in our family, we we faced a really hard situation when when one of our children had an asthma attack and went home to be with Jesus right before Christmas back in 2012. And in the following days, you know, we had the the difficult job as we moved through grief of explaining to our two-year-old and our four-year-old and our, you know, then seven-year-old, you know, what heaven is. And obviously that had been part of our dialogue before. It wasn't the first time we talked about that, but you know, when you're, when you're coming home from the cemetery, we had some challenging conversations trying to help them understand. And I kind of realized, man, it's, it's important to, you know, to to find creative ways to help them understand lofty truths, to bring heaven to earth, so to speak. And so this book was born out of that, Our the way we would try and bring the Bible to life for them and act it out. And, you know, um, I wanted to share this with other parents because everybody listening, um, their their kids are going to face hard things. It's not if, it's it's when, you know, the, the loss of a friend at school. I mean, I was in kindergarten when a friend of mine uh, who was a child had brain cancer and died. So all of us are going to face hard things. And if we put God's word into their heart, it's almost like slipping the Trojan horse into the city that God can use to to win over their heart and help them to, to, to not lose heart in the midst of difficulty. As I was uh, doing some research on this, looking at some notes and so forth, uh, you noted that the word lion gets a whole lot of attention in the Bible, uh, mentioned a number of times. That's right. I mean, it comes up over and over and over again as the symbol of faith and as this idea of what Jesus uh, not only is, but calls us to, to be like as well. And it's also something that 
as we look at it, is just from a physical specimen, an animal he created that's full of strength and power. I mean, lions can, you know, see six times better than humans can. They can jump 30 feet. And so there's a, they're really this, this beautiful picture of strength and power. But ironically, they start out blind. When lions are first born, they have no sight at all. And so I think it's kind of a perfect picture of us. Sometimes we feel like we're blind, but God can actually take our weaknesses and turn them into strength. So as parents, as grandparents, uh, how do we show our children that our own faith is real and that we really believe in God? And, and uh, you know, we can't convince them you must believe in God. You know, they have to do it on their own. But how do we display faith? Great question. Um, they say that children who, go, who grow up to become readers, which, you know, I honestly, you talk about epidemics, we're dealing with an epidemic of illiteracy. Even people who can read just don't read. I think studies show that the average American didn't even finish one full book last year. But they say that if kids grow up to read uh, and prolifically read, they will be for, it will be for two reasons. Number one, that they had parents that read to them. And number one, that they had parents that they saw reading they're on their own individually. So what does that tell me? That tells me that kids, they hear what their parents say, but do what their parents do. And so I think we can model for our kids the behaviors that we want to see enforced in their lives. You can't just tell your kids to love God. You show it, like you mentioned. And so one of the things I hope this book can do is is, is be an easy tool that parents can use for 90 days to to make Scripture, prayer, and a devotional a part of the regular rhythms of, of their life and read these to their kids before bed or before going to school or at the dinner table. There is a lot of wrong stuff out there uh, on television, uh, on the Internet and so forth, and we try to protect our children and so forth. How do we draw a line between being too restrictive and being too open, you know, not really protecting them? Uh, as a parent, what do you do? That is such a great question. The, the mentality I try to have in my head, Richard, is, is my goal isn't to protect them from the world at a certain point, but to prepare them for the world. Now, what does that mean? Well, I, I can't, of course, be so naive as to think they're never going to be exposed to temptations. You know, I can do my absolute best when they're young to protect the innocents, et cetera. But, you know, when they're adults, they're going to be out there in college. They're going to be out there in the world. So, again, my, my goal isn't to, to, to protect them from the presence of these things, but to prepare them for them and to help them to not just um, be at a place where I'm making every decision for them, but they're making decisions. So one simple thing I do is when my kids come to me with some problem or some issue or this happened with this boy or perhaps I would hope that when they're exposed to to drugs or to alcohol, that they come and, and talk to us about it. And rather than me saying, I, well, you should have left that party or you, I hope you deleted that app or, you know, whatever, whatever, me telling them what the right thing to do is, is asking more questions than I give answers in the sense that I would say, hopefully in those moments, and I, I do, well, what is God saying to you about that? Or what do you think the wise choice is in this? Or, you know, how, what did that make, how did that make you feel? Meaning, it's far more powerful for our kids when they come to their own conclusions as opposed to when we just tell them the answers because it kind of then hopefully gets them to the place. And I tell this to my daughter all the time who's 15 now, you know, there's going to come a day when you're going to make all these choices. And, of course, right now my goal is to be here to serve you as your father. But, you know, this has to be something you want to do and you, you desire uh, because, you know, quite frankly, when you're 20, you're, you get to make your own decisions. With this book and, you know, with the heart of a pastor, 
What is your hope for this young upcoming generation? Well, I hope they would know that God doesn't see them as second-class citizens or, you know, the church of tomorrow. Uh, Jesus was really hard on his disciples when they tried to stop the little kids from coming to him. And, and, and he said, you know, maybe the disciples would think, well, maybe Jesus will spend time with you when you're older. You know, and Jesus is like, are you kidding me? I would, I would rather have kids around me because they're more fun. I want to see, Jesus like would totally rather sit at the kids' table. You know, he, he said, actually, the adults need to learn to become more like kids. And he said that such the kingdom of heaven is made up of of those with childlike faith. And so I think I hope that kids don't lose their ability to dream and wonder and 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 create. Kids don't have any sense of a pecking order. Kids don't social rank or think who's got more status. You know, kids are just simple. They'll talk to anybody. There, there's a sweetness. And I think my hope is that as kids grow up and learn that God has a plan for their lives, it doesn't mean that they need to take themselves so seriously and get so stuffy and that they, they should continue to have that wonderful, sweet naivety that allows them to look at a cardboard box and see a rocket ship. I like it. Pastor Levi, I thank you so much for, for sharing your heart with us. No, oh, thanks for having me.